Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 15. And um, we're going to talk about the armor of God. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Whenever we think about being strong and we think about strength, we generally think of it in the context of being, you know, muscular and physical strength. Um, I won't talk. I guess I will. I'll talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever in the day, back in the olden days of being 18, 19, 20 years of age, you know, growing up on the farm, I was extremely, I was, I could bench over almost 400 pounds. <laughs> so I was, I, I was very strong. I was uh, uh, very, um, well, I wasn't as strong. Well, I, there was this one guy, I don't know why I made me think of this, but anyhow, I was thinking of the strength. I remember being on, it, it's college, and this was not at Bible college, this was at, uh, uh, at Salem in West Virginia. The, these guys who were the big men on campus, you know, the strong guys, they, they said, they came, into the, they came into, my, into our room and they said, I hear, they told me, they said, we hear you think you're pretty strong. I said, I don't think I'm very strong. You know, I'm just come to school here, I'm scared to death, you know. So anyhow, these were upperclassmen, and um, they said, well, how much can you lift? And I said, well, I looked around, and I said, I could probably bench him about 15 times, <laughs> and picked him up, and I pressed him 10 or 15 times, and then I set him down, and they said, okay, and they left. So <laughs> being strong contain, can, has a lot of different connotations. There's a strong will. People have strong-willed, some call it stubbornness. Uh, but, you know, our strengths are our weaknesses, our weakness can be our strength. So whenever we think of strong, what do we think of? We generally think of something that we possess. But this scripture that we're talking about here, being strong in the Lord, is allowing what God has given to us, what God's provision is, to be ours. Now, if we could allow the strength of the person beside us to somehow work into our life, that'd be pretty good. You know, we, you know I, it's like um, I, I have membership at the, at the gym, uh, and, and, I, and I, I don't go, so it doesn't help me. I don't understand it. And if I buy your membership at the gym and you go work out, I don't get any benefit from it. That's a little joke. So uh, we know it doesn't work that way. If I buy your membership and you go work out, why don't I get any benefit from it? But what we have here in this, it says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that we are allowing what God has done for us and what God has given us to be part of who we are. And we can't earn it. We can't make it happen. We can't take this uh, which God has given us, we can't somehow conjure it up. We have to see it for what it is and in, in the scriptures and what it represents and then allow it to be part of who we are, part of our spiritual, physical, mental, emotional makeup. <clears throat> now, in, in Ephesians here, we have this, this armor of God. And one of the things, and I heard this this morning whenever I was listening to my tapes, you know, I have the Bible on tape, and it's been quite interesting to listen to the Bible through, to hear books of the Bible just read through <coughs> without stopping and looking at verses and stuff and then going back and listening to them again. But Paul said, Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. Jesus 
is the visible image of an invisible God. So when Paul was writing about Jesus Christ and what he has come to teach us, he is saying Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. And whenever we are taking this scripture, the armor of God, and we are going to look at this, and we're going to see a visual image of an invisible part of who we are. So let's read um, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 15. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So, we have this, Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. Paul is, Paul is in prison. And Paul is chained to a Roman soldier. So he is very well aware of what the Roman soldier and what the Roman armament looked like, and very much aware of probably how that these soldiers had been in battle, and how that the armament had protected them. How that it, you know, the Roman, the Roman legions were uh, probably the most, well, I wouldn't say they were the most well-equipped, but they were very well-equipped, very well-trained. And um, one of the words for uh, the Roman legions, Roman soldier, was um, exercise. They were very physical persons. They, to be involved in the army was not a two or four year stint. It was a lifetime commitment. So you were in the army, you were in the army for life till you died. <laughs> so you were part of the army and you were part of this whole regiment. So you learned from your experiences and your experiences you passed on to other people. And the Romans were quite, quite good at their, their military strategies and their, and their armament. I mean, if you've seen the movies and things, you see how they, take, they would take their shield and put it in front of them, and, you know, when the arrows that fly, you know, they just put, them, put the protection up, and the guy behind would put it on top. And it was just like this, you know, metal encasement that would protect them from the arrows and whatever was being thrown at them. And then they were able to move forward and go right into battle, and none of them were killed by these flaming arrows or flying arrows because they were all protected by their shields, and then they got right into the, into the, um, the, the, the battle and began to fight, and they were very well trained. So Paul is talking about this armament, and he uses it, uses it uh, as a visual imagery of an invisible quality. 
he uses a visual imagery of an invisible quality. He first tells us in this, in this verse, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That, that we are to recognize that what we are taking on to ourselves and putting on is the power of God, the strength of God and what God has given to us. Now, it kind of goes along with our Sunday school lesson that um, God has signed a contract. The contract is that he loves us and that he will provide for us, he will be with us, he will keep us, that we, he never leave us nor forsake us. So these are things that God has promised to us and our faith is allowing it to become part of our life. So be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, if we are going to be strong in the Lord, we then need to put on what Paul calls the armor of God. And he is using the Roman soldier as an illustration as to what this armament looks like. And he says that we are, first of all, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That what we are going through in our life is a spiritual battle. There are, there are spiritual battles going on around us. There are spiritual battles for our soul, for our life, for our mind, for our spirit. Because we are a spiritual being. We are a spiritual being. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encampeth about, campeth round about those who fear him. God camps around us. There are angels in this place. Yeah. There are angels here. That's a good thing. <laughs> there are angels here. You don't see them, but they're here. There's a spiritual realm around us that, that is going on all around us. And if you've ever been uh, in a place that's really evil, <laughs> hopefully you've not been there, I mean, it'll just make the, the hair in your head stand up and you just know beyond any shadow of a doubt this is not a good place. And then there, hopefully you've been in a place where you can sense God's spirit and you can sense that there's a love in this place. There's a love here that is different than any other place I've been. It's just a very special holy place. That's a spiritual reality. And we're not always aware of it, but there's, there, that's all around us all the time. And that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and rulers of darkness. So our struggle isn't just mind over matter. It isn't just about you. You ever had thoughts that you thought, thoughts that you thought? <laughs> Did you ever have thoughts that you knew weren't yours? Now, sometimes they're evil, and sometimes they're very good. Now, don't get too upset about that, because when Peter was Jesus said to Peter, who do people say that I am? Peter says, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, wow, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my father which is in heaven. And then a little later, Jesus says, well, I'm going to die. And Peter says, no, we can't let that happen. And Jesus tells Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. So Peter had a divine thought from the Father and an evil thought from Satan in a, in a matter of moments. So these thoughts come to us, we have to know which ones are which. Some thoughts are human, some thoughts are God, and some thoughts are evil. Now, we have to know enough to be able to discern 
pick out which ones we want to believe. Think of it this way. Evil thoughts are to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Evil thoughts are stealing, killing, and destroying. Doubts, doubting yourself, belittling yourself, tearing yourself down, those aren't God thoughts. I mean, there are rules to understand which, one, which thoughts are which. There are guidelines so we can understand which, gods, which thoughts are God's and which ones aren't. If we know the Word, if we know the Word, the Word will help us understand what are the characteristics and the qualities of a godly thought. Now, I don't get too upset over, you know, well, the, the, you know, you can't do the devil made me do, me do this stuff because the devil doesn't make us do anything. We choose to do it. Just like our belief, God says, you can do all things through Christ, which I can do all things which, through Christ who strengthens me. That's a God thought. Do I do everything that God wants me to? No. Why? Because I decide. <laughs> I am the deciding vote in my life. God is trying to bring me, develop who I am, develop my life, and evil is trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy, have setbacks, fallbacks, stumbling and falling and don't get up again, those types of thoughts. It isn't how many times we fall down, it's how many times we get up. Being godly doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. Being godly recognizes the hand of God in my life even when I fail. God is there, what for? To restore, to build. You know, a child that is learning to walk, when a child falls down, do you yell and scream? Call it stupid? No, you help it up. Why? Because it's learning to walk. God does that in our spiritual life. So, put on the whole armor of God. We're not in a battle that's flesh and blood. Therefore, verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. So we have, we have an entire armament that we're to put on. We have an entire armament that we are to, to put ourselves on. Now, if you can go back to the picture. This armament... It isn't something that oozes out of us. <laughs> okay? This armament isn't something that we, that we create. This is something God has created for us. We are to put it on. Okay? God has created this armament. So Paul, being chained to a Roman soldier, knows what this armament is about and that the armament has to be put on one piece at a time. So... You can't see it, but underneath, uh, right in the middle, is called, uh, there's a belt that holds the shield and the, the, the girdle, as it were, in place. And everything that holds it together, the belt, is called what? What are you supposed to gird your waist with? Put the belt of truth. Well, truth is pretty simple. <laughs> That the word of God, the, thy word is truth. The scripture is the truth. What is the truth of the matter? Truth of God is that he loves us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. What is the truth of God's word? Lies. What are lies? <laughs> Untruths. <laughs> what are lies? Um, Satan fights us with lies with lies, that um, <laughs> lies about ourself, lies about our background, lies about, you know, error always rides the back of truth. 
If you're going to believe a lie, you're going to believe a lie because it's attached to something that you think is true. Okay? A truth is based upon God's revelation of his word to our life. Like, um, well, just say a lie is you're no good and you'll never be any good and you'll, you'll never make it, you'll never, you know, that's, that's a lie. Why? Because who knows the future but God? And who gave us the right to, to, to fail our future over a past mistake? See, those are lies. Satan tempts us with lies. The truth is we've failed in the past, and therefore the lie that comes from that failure is that you'll never make it. See, that's a lie. God says all things work together for good. That's a truth. The truth is that I'm going to allow God to work in my life over and through the failure of yesterday so that tomorrow is that I can arrive where God wants me to be. That's a truth. And the truth holds it all together. It holds the breastplate of righteousness. Well, there's a breastplate there, and, you know, you, you watch those sword battles and whatever, and they just slash them right across the midsection, <laughs> you know? What ha- you know, I don't, you know, it's a, it's a gory sight. <laughs> In people who don't have a breastplate, right? It's a gory sight. But what is the breastplate of? Righteousness. Our righteousness or God's? God's righteousness. Righteousness means rightness, right standing with God, right relationship. My right relationship with God will protect my heart, my lungs, my internal organs. And the righteousness is rightness with God, and my, and my righteousness is as filthy rags. What do filthy rags protect us from? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> they just stink. <laughs> so my filthy righteousness, the things that I would consider my rightness in life, are nothing. But the righteousness of God is something that he has given me. So God is put together, God has put together this armament that you and I are to put on. So we are to put on truth. Truth will hold the breastplate in place. Did you ever put on something, you know, and it just flops around all over the place? You go, well, you battle with a, a floppy piece of armor. It's got to fit. And every piece of armament has to be connected or it's going to come apart in battle. It's connected to truth. The righteousness of God, His righteousness... Is my, is, protects my heart. Hmm. My rightness relationship with God, his relationship with me, he has set in motion a contract, a covenant, an agreement that, what's the, what's the scripture? Talks about righteousness. And righteousness was imputed, given to them that the righteousness was that which God gave to them. And this is something God has given to us to protect our hearts. Okay? Righteousness. The righteousness, the heart is the seed of the emotions, self-worth, and trust. So his righteousness protects my heart, my emotions, my self-worth. 
when we doubt our self-worth, we are putting our rags to protect us. The righteousness of God protects our hearts, our self-worth. God has a whole different image of our self-worth than we do or evil does. Evil is afraid of you and I becoming the person God wants us to be because we will do damage to the, to the kingdom of evil. We will do damage to evil because of the righteousness of God protecting our heart and our self-worth. Okay, what's next? Uh-huh. Verse 15. What is it? Anybody got any ideas? <laughs> what is it? Your shoes. Anybody ever wear spikes? Football spikes, running spikes, baseball spikes? Anybody ever wear them? Why do you have spikes on the bottom? Traction. My feet are shod, and the King James has shod, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That peace, the peace of God, gives us a security when we stand. When we are standing, when we have a shot, an armament, a guy who's fighting a battle for his life doesn't want to be falling down on slippery, slimy slopes. <laughs> so they would have, as it were, spikes in their sandals so they could stand in battle. And whenever we are at peace, the peace of God that passeth understanding is that while I am in the most difficult place of my life, I am at peace with myself and with God and with others. That's so I don't fall. Peace is footwear that I am able to stand and not be afraid. I am, to go in, I am able to go into battle trusting my equipment, trusting my training, trusting the God who is my commander-in-chief. So therefore, I am at peace going into the battles of my life. Paul, being beaten, drug out of the city for dead, stoned, drug out of the city for dead, shipwrecked three times, spent a day and a night floating in the deep, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. He was able to be at peace in his life even when the circumstances were totally out of his control. The peace of God. Where does that peace come from? God. God is the one who gives us peace. That peace is something we wear. You don't come up by, by thinking. You come, up, you come across it by God giving you his spikes. <laughs> you know, I always like kids, you know, they get them, they get them little shoes and they, have light, they light up. And Johnny, my grandson, he'll say, I got, he got new shoes. He said, I can run fast. <laughs> Why? Because of the shoes. In our life, we have peace. What's next? Shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Satan has lots of things he throws at us. Fiery darts. You ever see those flaming arrows? <laughs> There are different kinds of shields, but most of the shields were had a, had a kind of, either they were made out of wood, and that was very heavy, but they also had a leather, like a, you know, cowhide over them. 
and they would soak the, the, their shields in water to make them wet so that when the, the fiery darts, the enemy was shooting arrows, flaming arrows at them, they would stick into the shield and the fiery darts would be quenched, put out by the shield. Why? Because the shield was wet and it would quench the darts. The shield of faith is that I have enough faith that the God who is with me will never leave me nor forsake me, that God will provide a way for me, he will make a way where there is no way, that these are promises and that these are the things when doubts fly at us, you're, never, you're no good. Boom, that, that's the self-worth. That hits off of the breastplate. You can't make it, boom, that's a fiery dart that hits off of the, you know, the circumstances are against you, that it's impossible for you to do this. That's a, that's a shield thing, hits the shield of faith, and faith says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and that we get into this mode, where, where are we going? We're going forward. We're going forward in our life. We're not looking back to the bad things or, that have happened and the failures. God has forgiven them. He has separated them from us, and now he gives me this armament to go forward into battle. So I have this shield that will protect me so that I can... These are things that what? The shield is a, is a lot of getting to the battle. You know, while you're in the battle, you use it in the hand-to-hand combat, they have a different shield. Sometimes they would have this big shield that was body, almost body length, that they would be behind, and then whenever they would get into hand-to-hand combat, they had this circular shield that they would use to, in the battle. So they, had, they sometimes had two shields, one inside of the other almost. But primarily they had the big shield that they walked forward to get into battle. So our faith is that which takes us day by day. Then we have... Helmet. I like to, in some of the football players, they talk about having, hope they have enough air in their helmets. <laughs> because the newer helmets are inflated. They're inflated. They have inner tubes inside of them. And they inflate them with so much pressure so that when they collide, that it, it, you know, they, they don't feel the full impact uh, uh, of, of the hit. So the helmet of salvation is that it covers our heads. What's our head? what we think, and what we, what we see, what we hear. The salvation of God is that what God has given to us in this relationship experience must be protected. The Bible says to guard your hearts and your minds through the word. Garrison. There is a garrison uh, of soldiers, it were, that this helmet is around your thoughts, around what we think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Don't let your thoughts, take every thought into captivity. Don't let your thoughts run away with you. Let the thoughts of God be your thoughts. Scripture says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways than yours. What that is telling us is that God's thoughts about us are so far above, so far superior to anything we could even imagine. So we don't allow ourselves to imagine evil, bad, defeating thoughts. 
The salvation of God is that we would have this relational experience and that our thought life would be elevated to a place where God's will and God's purpose will be accomplished in our life. We can't even begin to imagine. So what happens is we need to start imagining what God wants us to imagine. And what does God want us to think? He wants to think possibilities. He wants to think us to think about love and forgiveness. He wants us to think about how that he can accomplish great things in our life. He wants us to think about no matter how bad things have been, we're still safe in the arms of our Father. No matter what happens, we are not afraid of tomorrow. Whether I live or whether I die, I belong to God, so therefore I am safe in this life and in the life to come. That's the thoughts of God. He will provide for me. He will make a way for me. He will protect me. He will be my helmet. <laughs> you know, my helmet. I always like that one in the back, they have this piece of, that sticks out so nobody can slash the back of your neck in battle. And I, I, I'll go on, one more. Helmet of salvation and what? Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is the only offensive weapon in the armament. The only offensive weapon is the sword. And the sword is the Word. The Word is knowing the Word of God gives us a knowledge that we can go forward. That I can strike out against the enemy of my soul, which is trying to defeat me, that I can know the Word, and thy Word is truth. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. The word of God is the anchor to our soul. The anchor to everything we are is this, because it is that which lashes out against evil. Evil wants us to retreat. God never retreats. He always advances. God doesn't have to advance, uh, to retreat. God doesn't have to retreat. The devil, if the devil knew everything, he would have never had Jesus crucified. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of God's plan for salvation, and the devil was totally caught off guard by it. He thought he had won. That's where the word of God comes in. Evil thinks it can win. The devil can't win. It's time's limited. God is the victor. God is the victor. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I will know the truth, and the truth shall set me free. Anchor me. Now, then it goes on. Verse 18, verse, the first part of it. What's it say? Praying always. Praying is what we say. We need to talk about and pray about, speak what we believe. And take that belief to God. You imagine going to God and saying, you know, God, I really don't believe you can work this out. <laughs> that's what? That's not a prayer. That's a doubt. What does our faith say? I believe that God can work in my life. I believe God's word, which is my sword. I believe God's word and I pray God's word over my life. I pray God's word over my children. I pray God's word over my circumstances. I pray God's word over all of my life, my friends, my family, the needs that we talk about. I pray those prayers of God's word over them. That's my faith. 
Being watchful. I have an expectation. That's the second part of it. Being watchful to this end. That's an expectation. I'm expecting, I'm watching for the answer of my prayers to come to be. And I persevere that I continue to go on, carry on, go forward in this endeavor. And what? Supplication. I'm not only going to pray for myself and the ones close to me, I'm going to pray for everybody. (laughs) And what's going on here is I am a soldier for God. And it is what Paul called Jesus Christ, a visible image of an invisible God. This imagery is a visible imagery of an invisible power that every one of us possess. This is a visible imagery of an invisible power that every one of us possesses. Because as a child of God, Paul says, we have truth. God's word is truth. Holds everything together. We have a breastplate of righteousness. God's righteousness. He gives this to us. We have feet of peace. Peace means that I am at peace as I am going into the greatest battle of my life. I will not fall. I will not fail, fall in the battle of life. I'm at peace. I have a helmet that gives me, protects my thoughts. I know what I am to think. I have a shield that no matter how many fiery darts come flinging my way, I got a shield here that just absorbs. Shoot away if you must, Satan. You can't get beyond my, feet, my shield of faith because when I get close enough in the battle, the word of God will destroy you. What did Jesus say to Satan in, ten, in the temptations? It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Cut the devil right in half. It is written. He knew the word. All of this is ours. And we pray it, we speak it, we think it, we go forward. And it's all there. You didn't, you didn't purchase this armament. God did. And he gives it to us. It is a visible picture of an invisible quality of God that he gives to you. And we are to put it on every day. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Ready to fight? <laughs> Do you think you're strong? We are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You and I can't do this. God can. Amen? Let's stand, shall we? Bring up that, that, that soldier guy. There you go. There you go. The visible picture of an, of the, uh, a visible picture of the invisible qualities of, of the Christian life that God has given you. Do you see it? 
He has a spear, but along his side there is the sword. Do you know what the spear was for, those of you who are into battles, that they would be there, and, and when they were behind the, uh, the armament, they would, they would use their spears for launching, or they would use them for thrusting until they got to, into the closeness of the battle, and then they would pull out the swords and go at it. 